0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: January 6th, uh, yeah. Complete shit show. <laughs> I mean it was freezing. I was down at the Ellipse, like, where the main event was happening.
2: If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore.
1: Me and my colleague Joe went back to the office for a bit to charge and to drop off some media, and then we saw on Twitter that we were like, oh, people are scaling the fences near the capital. And so we ran, I don't know what exactly how far it was, but we ran um, all the way to the capital. It was just like... The most medieval scene I can possibly, just like impossible to describe how completely insane, like people scaling the walls, like having full fist fights with police officers. Flashbang grenades going off everywhere that police were firing. Just an incredibly surreal few hours, really. So I think for many people who are watching that day, they just saw a big mob but I cover extremism, and so I was able to pick out specific groups or symbols in the crowd. For example, I saw, okay, I know that that person's a prominent conspiracy theorist, or that person has a QAnon slogan on their flag. I saw proud boys who were, uh, as instructed, wearing normal clothes that day. I saw dads who looked like they'd been at the golf club earlier standing next to a bunch of guys in full tactical gear. I saw um, a group of guys who had sweatshirts made for the day, saving Civil War 2.0. So ever since, I've spent a lot of time following some of the disparate groups who were there that day and sort of finding out what they've been up to since. And that led me to discover that the members of this one fringy, gun-worshipping, far-right church they were there at the Capitol 2 that day.
2: The folks. Got tear gas. Hey,
1: the I'd reported on this church before. They're known as the Rod of Iron Ministries, and their pastor, named Hyung Jin Moon, also known as Sean Moon. It was an
2: epic, epic day. An epic day.
1: But they'd sort of fallen off my radar.
2: It was a day where we made a spiritual stance against evil. It was a day where we said no. We, it was a day where American patriots made a spiritual result.
1: And then after January 6, 2021, I started looking into this church again. And I realized that in the past years, the Iron Church and its radical hardline leader had gotten seemingly
2: even more extreme. If the torch of liberty is snuffed out in America, the world will enter a kingdom of hell on earth. With Trump out of
1: office and now mostly deplatformed, the far-right has been evolving without him. And I think that this one church, the Rod of Iron, their trajectory and apocalyptic outlook can tell us a lot about where the far-right and the political fringes are headed right now.
2: One group, considered by some a dangerous, destructive cult, it's the Monies. They're a wealthy and powerful family whose influence extends around the world. Trump did amazing. He exposed the media as fake. He exposed the election voting system as fake.
1: This is the world's peace and unification sanctuary in Pennsylvania, where guns are a symbol of their Christian faith.
2: Meet the Reverend Sean Moon, youngest son of the founder of the Unification Church. God's eternal kingdom will not... Be a socialist welfare state for believers.
3: This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Ariel Zumbros.
1: And I'm Tess Owen, I'm a senior reporter with Vice News.
3: Hey, Tess. Hey, how are you doing? Tess, you're one of the reporters' advice that covers far-right extremism in the U.S. That's me. (laughs) And it sounds like over the past year since the insurrection, you've been trying to make sense of what happened on January 6th.
1: That's right. I mean, January 6th didn't come out of nowhere. So during the pandemic, I feel like there was a radicalization of large, broader swaths of the public that happened throughout 2020. The pandemic sort of opened a door through which extremists could reach regular people with their anti-government ideas. And this anger and anti-government sentiment had become so mainstreamed and had been sort of building and building and eventually boiling over on January
2: 6th. An epic, epic day. An epic day.
1: And you can see some of the ways that this change is playing out in right-wing politics by looking at Rod of Iron Ministries, that fringe church that was there at the Capitol during the
3: insurrection. What led you to look into the Rod of Iron Ministries, like before January 6th?
1: So I I think that the first time this church, the Rod of Iron Ministries, came onto my radar was in early 2018. And these pictures came out in, in newspapers and headlines of this wedding ceremony, this mass wedding ceremony at a church in rural Pennsylvania.
2: Today's ceremony is a blessing, marriage where couples have been asked to attend with crowns and AR-15 rifles as religious accoutrements. Everyone's wearing all white
1: and they're wearing um, crowns or tiaras and they're holding AR-15s. Participants say the firearms symbolize
3: the rod of iron in the Bible's book of Revelation.
1: And then I started looking more into its backstory. It was like every single door I opened just led me to, like, just an even kind of more curious micro-drama.
3: You fell down a rabbit hole. Yes, I fell down a rabbit hole, 100%. So where did this church come from? What's their core belief? So the thing
1: you need to know is that the Rod of Iron Ministries is actually a spin-off from a bigger, older church.
2: The Reverend Sun Myung Moon, leader of the Unification Church. Take it to the day everyone.
1: That's called the Unification Church, and that church was founded in Korea by Reverend Sun Myung Moon, who called himself the Messiah.
0: Traveling around the world, calling for the establishment of one world religion and one church.
1: The Unification Church began in the 1950s. It was born at this really tense political moment when Korea had ruptured into North and South. Sun Myung Moon was from the North, and he had migrated to the South. And the church was kind of his direct answer to the communist takeover of his homeland.
0: You may
2: know them as the Moonies.
1: You might have heard about the Moonies. Moonies is what the followers of the Unification Church became known as kind of pejoratively. It's also what people who've left the church call themselves as a way to sort of reclaim the term. So that's what I'm also going to call them.
2: He came as a prophet sent by God.
1: Moon came to the U.S. to spread his teachings in the late 1960s.
2: Bringing a new message to the American people. A message that kindled hope and inspiration in the hearts of Americans everywhere.
1: The church claims to have three million followers around the world, but other estimates range as low as 50,000. The Moonies are probably best known, however, for these massive group weddings, which Moon himself would often preside over that the Son of God's
2: love and holy chastity raise in your hearts and dwell in you and your children.
1: So just to give you an idea, there was one mass wedding at Madison Square Garden in the 1980s. And
2: on the dais, Reverend Sun Myung Moon. And Mrs. Moon.
1: Where 4,000 of his followers all got married at
2: once. As a record crowd of 60,000 people came to hear Reverend Moon's words.
3: Right. Yes. The... I have seen these. I have seen the footage. It's actually, uh, I mean, it's really fascinating.
1: This was part of Moon's teachings. He believed that his followers could help heal the world by marrying and created so called perfect families or ideal families like Moon's own. In fact, followers refer to Moon and his wife, Hak Han Moon, as the true parents of all humanity, and to their children, Sean and Justin Moon, as the true children.
2: Woman is born for whom? Man.
1: This is Moon speaking through an interpreter at a conference in 2001.
2: Also, the woman has the privilege of having womb which man
0: doesn't
2: have.
1: He's saying that marriage and the nuclear family is sacred and that through marriages, they can create one family under God, and that women are just for having kids.
0: Why is
2: it there for? For what? For your own sake? For your future children.
1: A big part of the church's practice is what's called ansu, or ancestor liberation. And members of the church would shell out huge amounts of money to, quote, liberate their dead ancestors, a ceremony that often involved physical beatings. Former members have long accused Moon and other church officials of financial and psychological abuse. The church has denied all of these accusations, saying that, quote, all religious organizations have spiritual practices that have been mischaracterized at one point or another. But a lot of former members and also cult experts have accused the group of being a cult. So is it a cult? I mean, they certainly fit the criteria of what you might describe as a cult.
2: They're a wealthy and powerful family whose influence extends around the world.
1: And if they were just some obscure cult, maybe that would be the end of it. But in fact, beyond his spiritual following, Moon had big ambitions and a big reach in politics and in business. He created an empire that included massive real estate holdings and a network of sushi restaurants.
2: I established the Washington Times.
1: He also founded the Washington Times, this conservative newspaper that is pretty widely read. Some of his fans have included Ronald Reagan and George Bush Sr.
2: When I think of the Washington Times, I think of a publication that has brought much-needed balance to the way Washington is covered these days.
1: Reverend Sun Myung Moon and the church have always had this sort of firm anti-communist outlook, which made it possible for them to pick up support within the mainstream GOP.
2: I want to thank the Universal Peace Federation. Recently, actually,
1: uh, former President Donald Trump actually spoke at an event hosted by the Unification Church on 9-11.
2: And in particular, Dr. Hawk Jahan Moon, a tremendous person.
1: So, right-wing politics have always been the M.O. of this church. And this is the empire, both religious and business, that his son, Sean Moon, expected to inherit one day. Fast forward to 2012, when Reverend Moon dies, and his death triggers this sort of, like, the show Succession, this, like, Succession-like power struggle within the Moon family for control over this business empire and the church. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Reverend Moon's wife or widow, Hak Ja Han, believes that she should take control of the church and its sprawling business empire. And Reverend Sun Myung Moon's youngest son, Young Jin, or Sean Moon, believes that he is his father's rightful heir.
2: Good morning, patriots. Morning. morning. Morning, world.
1: Sean Moon was around 33 years old at the time of his father's death. And he claimed that he'd actually been named as his father's heir.
2: Join hearts and sing for our country. God's kingdom. Amen. My eyes have seen the glory, glory of, the of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage And
1: so of the there's this disagreement between Sean and his mother. There's this sort of now, I guess, of legend meeting where Sean goes to see his mother in Korea at this palace in the mountains. Uh, words are exchanged. They have a huge falling out following that meeting. Eventually, the mom wins. She takes control of the church. Sean Moon's very unhappy with his mother. And there are some followers who do believe that Sean Moon is the rightful heir.
2: His truth is marching on.
1: And so Sean Moon leaves the family compound in Tarrytown, New York, and absconds to Pennsylvania, where he founds his own church. So where the unification church in theory preaches love and peace and unity, Sean Moon's church takes a very big turn towards guns.
3: Which is honestly just so incredibly strange, but like given the history of these churches, I guess it makes perfect sense.
1: Exactly. And according to this offshoot or this new wing of the church's founding myth, one day Sean Moon said that he was reading the Book of Revelations and stumbled across a passage in it where Jesus talks about having a rod of iron.
2: The rod of iron is the accoutrement that Christ uses, demands and bestows upon the inheritors of his eternal kingdom.
1: And he decided that that rod of iron was, in fact, an AR-15.
2: The rod of iron, which is the modern-day musket, the AR-15.
3: So wait, that's where the rod of iron ministry comes from?
2: Yes, for them these
1: symbols and some aspects of pageantry are instrumental to their religion.
3: We will now begin the blessing ceremony.
1: Sean Moon took a bunch of traditions from his father's church and then sort of adapted them for this new pro-gun philosophy. So, for example, he starts holding these mass weddings.
2: The king will now bequeath the holy wine to the brides who will hold the cup until further instructed by the MC.
1: Except now there are also gun blessing ceremonies.
2: Today's ceremony is a blessing, marriage where couples haven't asked to attend with crowns and AR-15 rifles.
1: I attended one in 2019. And, I mean, that one, I believe that there were seven couples, fairly young, probably like late teens, early 20s, the women, they're all in white and the guys were in suits and they're all wearing crowns. And many of them had AR-15s. Wow.
3: Okay. Go on.
1: And so the mass wedding rituals and their costumes, their crowns and the AR-15s, I think it is easy to dismiss this church as bizarre and fringe. And, you know, they can come off as culty or I guess just clickbait. And yet what I've come to find is that they're actually tied into this shift in national politics that's much, much bigger than the church itself.
3: That's after the break. So Tess, you've been following this church called the Rod of Iron Ministries. It's an offshoot of the Unification Church, which some people refer to as as the Moonies. And basically this church exists because... The guy who started them, Sean Moon, didn't want his mom to run the church, so he started his own church. And his church has everything to do with AR-15s and glorifying guns. Right, so Sean Moon
1: uh, moves to rural Pennsylvania, where his brother, Jin Justin Moon, is already there. And he has a very well-known firearms company called Car Arms, which he runs. Convenient. Yes, one would say quite convenient. And so with his brother's help, Sean Moon starts his own church that sort of integrates some of the foundational traditions of his father's church, but with a bit of a pro-gun spin. So Sean Moon preaches a combination of this pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment, anti-communist, um, hardline conservative, MAGA, end of days sermons.
2: When we think of the biblical God, we don't think of weapons and arms. But Jehovah God himself in Genesis is the creator of the first
1: weapon in the Bible. He does these very lengthy sermons, which are uploaded these days to Rumble, which is an alternative streaming
2: platform. Pedophiles are allowed out of prisons while citizens are being forced to show health papers or vaccine passports. These sermons
1: are extremely low budget, and he sort of sits there with this golden Air 15 in front of him. usually has a crown of bullets on. These sermons can be extremely wide ranging. Illegal and dangerous human animal genetic experiments are coming to the surface. Talks about developments within the church or current affairs and, or why he hates skiing because he says there are too many liberals there.
2: In John chapter two, we see that Jesus is an assault weapons manufacturer.
1: He says things like Jesus was an assault weapons manufacturer. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh is an assault weapons manufacturer. He says that followers of the church need to be armed with AR-15s, basically to protect God's kingdom from Satan. However, Satan comes in many different forms, according to the church, like Antifa or Democrats.
2: Communism and socialism, centralized government, was not only the most dangerous and murderous force in the 20th century, but it is actually Satanism.
1: And there's a very sort of apocalyptic undertone as well. Like, these the, the, these forces are imminent and, like, you have to arm yourself for these impending forces of evil. It is a
2: dangerous cancer, a dangerous, evil, satanic plague that will destroy your country and everything you love.
1: It's also incredibly convenient that his brother, Justin, happens
3: to own a firearms company. Right. I really do need to see a succession about this family. But I have to ask... You said that the original church, the Unification Church, could have like hundreds of thousands of followers. Is the Rod of Iron Church anywhere on that scale? I mean, how many followers does Sean Moon actually have? It's a really good question. Um, When I've ever
1: reached out to the church to ask, they're a little bit wishy-washy on numbers. They say, oh, we don't have members. We don't count our followers. I would say conservative estimates would put them in the hundreds, and that's just based on how many people I've seen with my own eyes, basically,
3: at Vents linked to the church. Okay, so this is still very small, right? So I'm guessing that some people listening to this will hear that number and think, well, yeah, the Moonies were this weird culty fringe thing in the 80s, and then this spinoff church, the Rod of Iron, they're fringe too. So can we write them off? Like, how should we actually be thinking about them?
1: So the Moonies were kind of seemingly fringe, but you've got to remember that Reverend Sun Myung Moon had a massive business empire, that the influence of the church went well beyond the actual membership of the church itself. The Rod of Iron, they are also building alliances with political figures or with power brokers or real estate agents. And you know, if perhaps going to the church every Sunday with your AR-15 and wearing a crown isn't your cup of tea, you can sort of dip your toe into their gun activism or their megapolitics politics aspect.
2: God bless you folks. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Freedom Festival.
1: So Sean started holding political festivals at the headquarters of his brother's gun company.
2: Celebrating America, the Second Amendment... The culture of armed, responsible citizenry.
1: And Sean's inviting church members and pro-gun advocates and Republican candidates for local office, even fairly well-known right-wing personalities like Steve Bannon and Dana Loesch, the former NRA spokeswoman, and they give speeches. And so, to me, you know, these were big names. And getting these figures, you know, GOP figures who have a significant following, or reputation... Mm was a sign that they were gaining legitimacy.
3: So, so it's like the Unification Church and the Rod of Iron Church are tracking the evolution of the GOP, right? In, in the 80s, it was Bush and Reagan, and now it's Trump and farther right elements that have taken over the party.
1: A hundred percent. Like, a hundred percent. It really was not surprising at all that leading up to the 2020 election, Sean Moon and his followers went all in on Trump's election conspiracies. And of course, you know, of course they were at the insurrection on January 6th. When I asked the church for comment about their presence at the Capitol, they compared the events that day to the Boston Tea Party. The church also said that none of the members were inside the Capitol itself, or at least they didn't think they were.
3: Huh. Okay. So... They're saying that this was a very important event, that they needed to be there, that this will go down in history. And also, by the way, we didn't actually enter the Capitol.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it seems like it, this is definitely, they're saying that this is one step in a bigger revolution.
3: So what happens after January 6th? So in the
1: aftermath of January 6th, I noticed that the rhetoric like, really
2: heated up from the church. You're not going to get rid of 80 million people who voted for Trump. And who saw the fraud who saw it stolen who saw the criminal activity stealing the senate which is a declaration of war
1: it was taken on like a really really urgent apocalyptic tone like he was warning that the biden administration was going to commit genocide against trump supporters and was going to hunt down gun owners and kill them with their guns and then i heard from a former member of the church who is a former mooney that the church had recently acquired this large plot of land in Texas. And the goal of this was to turn it into a sort of retreat for patriots in the coming, quote, deep state war. This really caught my attention um, to hear that they were buying up land, because it gave me some idea about how much money they had in the bank, which was something that I'd been really curious about. And it also, you know, raised questions about whether they intended to continue growing their business empire. Where have they been buying up this land? So the first plot of land I found out about was in Texas, about 40 miles from Waco in Limestone County.
2: So you all came at the perfect time to Liberty Rock.
1: It's at a campground formerly known as Running Branch Marina, and they had dubbed it Liberty Rock. And of course, we have the fishing tournament coming up. We saw how much it sold for, which I think was about a million dollars. I was like, okay, they've got money in the bank. We then found out they had another property that they purchased.
0: We love Tennessee. We love the people of Tennessee. A
1: 130-acre property in Tennessee. We
0: love its conservative
3: Christian values. And why are they buying up all of this land?
1: So as far as the Tennessee plot is concerned... He hopes to turn it into basically an American version of Chungpyung, which is a spiritual retreat in Korea that's of deep importance to the
2: Unification Church. Good morning, folks. We're coming to you from Cheong Tennessee.
1: And in his sermons, Sean Moon said that his other reasoning for buying this Tennessee property, in addition to the spiritual retreat, is to establish a political training center.
2: And there will be training coming uh, in, uh, from like-minded
1: <clears throat> leaders, he says that he wants to create a sort of incubator for future MAGA-type politicians, mm. specifically on the local level.
2: Every single person has to be mobilized now. Father already trained the first gen, and, and and now we have to train the younger people to take office.
1: And this is definitely mirroring a trend in right-wing organizing now. We've seen after the Trump presidency, Rod of Iron and other far-right groups looking to run candidates in hyper-local offices like school boards and city councils.
2: Even the young people must be mobilized to take political office. And that is not only to protect conservatism, but in the end, it's also to protect our community.
3: So they're, they're mobilizing.
1: They're mobilizing. And they're doing so in ways that are quite similar to what I'm seeing in other far-right groups right now. There's been several other examples where militia groups or far-right groups, neo-Nazi groups, are buying up land, establishing compounds. So the, the compounds in Texas and Tennessee are very much like in vogue <laughs> as as
2: far as that goes. It is the Moonies whom they hated and called cult members and who they hated and say and, and, and and hated us and, and, and slandered us and, 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 and laughed at us and mocked us and scorned us and, and heretics and whatever. Um, and now with Trump possibly running
1: for re-election, that's huge for them.
2: But in and the end, th- it's the Moonies... In the microcosm that stand up to protect conservatism
1: everything is a fight to the last you know that they're in like a war basically is how they see it
2: and again it's the moonies that are being the guard for the macrocosm to protect god's principles his culture his civilization
1: i can't predict where this goes but i can tell you what we've seen before when it comes to far-right radicalized anti-government groups
2: Doomsday in Waco
1: Who own property, have guns
2: More than 80 people are believed to have died in yesterday's fiery conclusion to the 51-day siege Devoted followings The deaths appear to spell the end for another cult religion
1: You know, Moon himself regularly talks about Waco and the ATF and the feds and how they're going to come for the church
2: And Of course, is now trying to get Waco David to try to kill us To kill patriots. And,
1: you know, uses very similar, urgent, alarmist language that other far-right leaders or, frankly, cult leaders have used.
3: So what does it say to you that groups like the Rod of Iron Ministries have basically a line of communication now that's built with the Republican Party and the right in general?
1: I mean, what we learned in the Trump years is that there are all these small, disparate groups who hold the same set of beliefs and with the right leader can be mobilized to real effect... The rod of iron might be fairly small in numbers and far from having any real political influence, but they're just one tributary running into this greater sea of right-wing politics after the big lie. We're more than a year past the 2020 election, and 68% of Republicans still believe the presidency was stolen from Trump. And these beliefs are fueling this overall climate of aggression and distrust, especially towards the election system and the people who run it.
3: Right. Vice has been following many of these tributaries since January 6th.
0: Time's running out, Richard. We're coming after you and every motherfucker that stole
2: this election with our Second Amendment. Subpoenas be damned.
3: And next week, we have another story about the fallout from Trump's claim that he lost the election and how that's affecting elections and election workers going forward.
2: You're going to be served lead, you fucking, fucking enemy communist cocksucker. You will be served lead.
3: Special thanks to Elgin Strait, Roberto Daza, Jika Gonzalez, and Joe Lacasio. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Sophie Casis, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Cavedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek, Adiza Egan, and Sam Greenspan. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, Natasha Jacobs, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zumros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but, you know, it's a new year, so maybe you want to take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.